What's going on, guys? Leo Canelo here with today's episode. It is episode 15 of the Go Figure Podcast. My partner in crime, Ty, is actually finishing up a very big sales call with a very big strategic partner for us here at Seven Figures Funding. So we're going to let him finish that, and then he's going to make a dramatic entrance here in just a moment. So that's going to be what is going on. Now let's take a look at what's on uh, the the uh, topic for us today. We've got uh, five uh, big topics here and uh, very exciting uh, topics in terms of what's going on in the world and really things for you as a business owner, right? We know a lot of the audience here is small business owners. Maybe you are funding partners, business coaches, consultants, trainers, funding CEOs, uh, people who are in the finance or, or industry of helping business owners grow. And so today's podcast, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, things that can help you as a business owner and things, struggles, challenges that uh, business owners face and, you know, what you can do to actually overcome those obstacles. So our money, money, money topic and segment is going to be who really pays for your credit card rewards? Remember, these you got these cashback rewards and travel rewards, and every, every card company's out there. Use our card. Our card's the best. There's best rewards out there. So we're going to talk about how these cards work and who is actually paying for these rewards. And you're going to be surprised or maybe not so surprised at how these work. And especially if you're a business owner, there are tremendous opportunities. This is what we call smart money tactics and strategies. So if you're a business owner, you must be utilizing these smart cashback cards, especially to run your business. And they're also very good for family and travel. So that's our money, money, money segment. Our second segment is going to be the mastery segment. And this is when we talk about different mastery topics that if you master these topics, these subjects, as a business owner, as someone who just wants to get your money right, then amazing things can take place. And our mastery topic is really about business profitability. And the bottom line, unfortunately, is 60% of business owners, especially small business owners, are not profitable. They're losing money. They're breaking even. They're just not being very profitable. Maybe another you know, percentage of them are making a little bit of money, but not enough for all of their blood, sweat, and tears. So we're going to talk about what it takes to actually be a top-tier business owner, generating strong profits that make a material difference for you, for your family, create that epic life that you want and that you dream of, and really was probably the reason why you started the business in the first place, right? And then we've also got our family segment. Our family segment is going to be why every entrepreneur needs a supportive spouse in order to succeed. I can attest to that having had a wonderful spouse who has supported me for 20 years of entrepreneurship, the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride that it has been. And of course, guys, if you have not checked it out, the Go Figure podcast is available on all platforms. Usually when you get uploaded to the uh, platforms, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, it takes a minute for everything to show up on there, but it is on there. All the episodes, and they are being updated regularly. So our family uh, segment, we already talked about supportive spouses, how that is very important for business owners. And then our sports topic, we're going to, Ty's going to be running in here to give us some uh, important picks there in terms of championship Sunday. We've got the NFC and the AFC championship, the final four teams to see who's going to go to the Super Bowl. Rihanna's doing the uh, halftime show. Sure, my uh, daughter is excited to watch that. She's a big uh, Rihanna fan. So that's going to be our sports segment. Then mindset, we're going to end up, why do employees get fired? And more importantly, when and why should you fire certain employees? And it's going to surprise you. Sometimes there's really talented, high-producing employees that are actually hurting your business, hurting your culture. And at some point, you just have to sever ties with that. So that's it. Those are our five segments, money, mastery, family, sports, mindset. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. Let's dive into our money segment. All right, our money segment is who really pays for your credit card rewards? 
And this one is an article from the Financial Times, who really, really pays for your rewards. Interesting article. And let's let's start to unpack this just a little bit. So you've got credit cards, right? Sometimes they're business, sometimes they're personal credit cards. And there's a lot, there's different credit cards. Some, for example, American Express has some that you have to pay off every month, um, or you get charged exorbitant interest. I'm not a big fan of those. That can put you as a business owner in a really tough spot. In fact, uh, I had a partner once who maxed out 60 grand on a business credit card, couldn't pay it off the next month, put him in a big bind, had some late payments on credit. You want to definitely have credit cards so you don't have to pay off every month. However, we're going to talk about why it's super important to be able to pay them off every month as much as possible. So the bottom line is if you're not paying your personal or your business expenses with a card that generates cashback rewards, then you're missing out. There's kind of three different cards out there, right? You've got a credit card that maybe generates travel points and travel rewards, and eventually that can turn into a free you know, ticket. American Express, for example, has partnered up with Delta. You've got other card companies that have partnered up with American Airlines um, or U.S. Airlines, whoever it might be. And so this is a way to generate points. And, and I'd say probably the American Express cards with Delta are probably your top travel cards. So those can be very effective at generating additional points and free travel. You've got some, a lot of cards just have miscellaneous rewards. And if you get onto the reward side, you can get like some free kitchenware. You can get free, you know, different things uh, based on how much money you're spending. But dollar for dollar, I would say the most advantageous you know, cashback opportunities are the cashback cards. So you got travel, you got the miscellaneous rewards that cities sometimes offer. But I'm going to tell you the cashback rewards to me are the most effective because at the end of the day, we all love cash. It gives us freedom. We can do what we want with it. And the interesting thing is like, it's actually not costing you any extra money. This is just free money that the cards use as a promotion to bring you into their in uh, universe so that you're using their cards, whether it's a Chase, Bank of America, Delta, Capital One, whoever you're you know, watching on TV. And so at the end of the day, I would think, in my experience, that the cashback rewards are going to be the most powerful card option that you're going to want to look at. And so what can you do with these? We can do anything you want. You can get a statement credit to pay your balance down, or you can legitimately even have that money sent right to your bank account. And that is extremely powerful. For example, I know some business owners, clients of ours, that we we strategically secure them, you know, zero uh, percent interest business cards with these cashback rewards. We use their cashback rewards to pay for health insurance for their family, for their employees. Some will use it to take their company on a company trip. Others will use these uh, cashback points to take their family to Disney World. I've done that. Uh, Ty will talk with a partner. Oftentimes, we're talking about how strategic some of these uh, funding options can be, and it's. Pretty nice at the end of the year when your cashback rewards have built up to eight, nine, ten thousand dollars. And okay, cool, we're gonna go on a family trip or we're gonna do some cool event, uh, something for our team. And that is just free cashback money. So if you're not using these smart money strategies as a business owner, you should, and then you can use them personally. You can start paying all of your personal expenses and bills with these cards, and the benefits are truly extraordinary. Now, here's the downside, and here's the the answer to that question, right? Who is actually paying for these rewards? Well, at the end of the day, the cardholders, the consumers, the business owners that hold these plastic business and personal credit cards are the ones that are paying for these cashback rewards. How is that? Well, it's because a lot of people hold a balance on these cards, and if you're holding a balance, and with interest rates having increased so much as they have, then that means you're paying interest, right? And the interest could be, you know, 10%, 15, all the way to 20 plus percent interest, depending on the card, your credit score, your debt to income ratio when you apply. And so that's where it's expensive, right? So if you're getting 2% cash back rewards, yay. But then if you're paying 20% interest on that money every month, are you winning? Probably not. 20 minus two is a negative 18% that you are paying out to use those cards. Now, here's the strategy where it works. You almost have like uh, 45 to 60 days from the time you charge it up to the time you get hit with interest. Now, it depends on, on the uh, card issuer, the lender, but I found that if I watch it, it will literally tell you what the balance is, what you need to pay off to keep from paying interest. And so, for example, we, we've got a business card that we started out at 10 grand. It's now up to a limit of $102,000. 
And even though that limit has increased and it's generated tens of thousands of dollars in free cash back, we've never paid a dime of interest because we make sure that that balance is paid off before we are actually charged interest. That is a smart money strategy. So it is generating us one, two, three, four, five percent, depending on what you buy. Because sometimes, you know, use the card at Amazon, use the card for gas, for travel. There's higher percentages of rewards you get in cash back. But if you're generating free money that way and you pay it off every month, uh, so you're not charged any interest, you're winning big time, right? So that's what a lot of smart business owners and smart money experts are doing to use these cards to generate free cash for travel, for lots of things out there. So that's the strategy. So the answer is we all pay for it unless we are paying the balance off every month that we're actually not being charged any interest. And so you've got to be disciplined, right? If you're a business owner and you can't put a balance on a card and know that as money comes in, I'm going to pay it off before I pay myself, before I do anything else, then you're going to get in trouble. It's the same thing personally. And I'm going to say that people that can't do that are probably never going to experience the financial success they want. If you can't pay a credit card balance off every month and avoid the interest, then it's going to be tough you know, to make progress in your business and in your personal financial life. Now, at times, it's okay, you know, you're building something, you're building a foundation, and maybe it's going to take one to two years to build that foundation where you can generate enough to pay it off, and you're going to have some interest. And that's okay if you're using credit to build your business, something that's generating income. The number one reason we always tell business owners why it makes sense to take out a loan for a business or a line of credit, by the way, Mark Cuban had a video about this and he's like, oh, taking out a business loan is the dumbest thing you can ever do. Well, guess what, Mark? Kevin Plank did it with Under Armour. He's worth uh, at least as much as you are, maybe a little bit more as the owner of, of uh, Under Armour. Uh, Nike did it. Uh, Phil Knight also has a higher net worth than Mark Cuban. So there's no one answer to these things. But at the end of the day, if you take debt out for personal reasons, that doesn't make you money, right? You know, we got the Super Bowl coming up. If I take out $5,000 at uh, Best Buy card, get charged 20% interest, buy that uh, big screen, doesn't make me any money. That's bad debt, right? But the good debt, the good debt if I take credit out and I invest it in a marketing plan or an employee or a product or a service, something that's going to generate income for me as a business owner, that is good debt. And even if you do pay some interest, if you're making 200% on that money and even paying 20% interest, 200 minus 20 is a 180% return. And so that's good money. That's what we want to do as business owners. All right, guys, that was the money segment. Let's go ahead and transition into our mastery topic and segment, which is why do 60% of business owners lose money? I mean, obviously, so many of us as business owners, like you started the business to create your dream life. You, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm starting a business so I can have more time with my family. That's a cute idea. At the beginning, that's not going to be the case, right? You're going to have to work harder now once you build a business that is not dependent upon you and you can work on the business instead of in it. Then, yes, you can create some time freedom and have freedom of schedule and those types of things to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, we all start a business to create a better life for ourselves, right? And so wherever you're at in the process, maybe you're building, uh, you know, going through one of our uh, funding CEO programs and building your funding empire. Maybe you're a business coach, consultant, trainer, and you're helping people to grow and, and start a business. Maybe you're a real estate investor. Maybe you're in e-commerce. Whatever it is, you started that business, you know, with the focus of generating income, uh, and Ty is going to tell us about the uh, this exciting call that he just had, which was a huge call and uh, whatnot. But uh, we're right here on our mastery topic of why most business owners are losing money. And top reasons, according to this article, by the way, and this article was actually, actually, it's just, uh, just some tips on uh, smallbizgenius.net, a unique website and one that we uh, saw value. But Top reasons typically why a business owner fails, they're undercapitalized and they lack sufficient funding. Ty, how how often do you think that's one of the top reasons that a business, it just doesn't end up working out for? I, you know, I, I think that happens all the time. I, I think it is imperative that you have the proper funding, but even more important is that you're smart with that money. We, exactly. we see that way yep. too much where these VC, these companies go get VC oh money and everyone's goodness. getting 
Traegers and Patagonia coats and this and that. And it's like, oh, man, we're out of the money and we didn't use that money to create more profit and now we're in trouble. So, yes, it is imperative that you have that money, but it's even more imperative that you're smart with that money. So true. So I was just telling everybody about, you know, good debt versus bad debt. And we always talk about this when you and I give presentations across the country on stage or virtually to audiences that are trying to build a business that if you, you know, take on personal debt for the big screen TV that doesn't really generate you any income, probably not a good idea. But if you can invest it in a product because you're selling it on e-commerce or marketing or an employee, that's good debt. But there's also bad bad debt or bad expenses that you take on as a business owner. I think that's a great point. Remember when we were in that office, uh, previous company, and this uh, VC-backed firm had bought like desk that cost like $2,500, $3,000 per desk. And there were these heavy, like 300 pound desks with uh, metal and so steel like a and medieval wood. dungeon in there. Yeah. And so they spent a fortune on these desks and it's like, is that really making money or could, you know, could a $500 desk have done it? Maybe a, a $200 version at Ikea. So I think every time I've ever started a, a business that we go right to Ikea we get the $100 Ikea desk, and you know when we get a little bit more profitable, then we can get the standing desk. And even then, we're going to you know, really shop for a good deal on that. And as a business owner, if you go in there and you're wasteful with your money, that, that has a negative ending usually. Yeah, that and, and I think we've done really good about getting creative and, and negotiating with different potential partners. Like we've had a lot of big events that we've been able to go and sponsor and it's like prior to the event hey it's twenty thousand dollars to sponsor it's ten thousand dollars to sponsor you say well you know that's great but i have enough belief in what we do to where i'll give you a rev share in every dollar we make and instead of paying an upfront sponsorship fee we'll do a rev share and that way it's it's a win-win across the board and you're not out all of this cash and sometimes these groups just they get reckless with their debt they get reckless with their credit and it's kind of like insurance. Like if I go to the doctor for a quick little checkup, quick little visit and say, hey, I'm willing to pay out of pocket. Okay, it's 100 bucks. But if they bill the insurance, it's 1000 And people hear that. They hear this company just got all this VC money and a desk that was 500 Well, you have VC money, so it's 2500 for you. Oh, so wow. don't get lazy with your negotiating. So true. I mean, in life, like everything is up for negotiation. Sometimes you see the sticker price as a business owner or you're in a negotiation and the sponsorship fee is X amount, this product is this amount. But at the end of the day, a lot of things are a lot more negotiable than you think. And if you aren't negotiating, then you're going to be overpaying for things for the rest of your life. Most things, especially when you bring a certain amount of value, there is some leeway there where you can move it around and lower the price and maybe deliver more value in a different way. And I think that's a great point. Like for us, if we're doing financing for an event, hey, we're going to help you, you know, increase your sales by 20, 30, 40% just by offering our financing options at your event. So, you know, maybe it doesn't really make sense for us to pay you a sponsorship fee. And hey, if you're confident in your event, you're going to make more in referral fees than you will in us paying you a sponsor fee. And so these things are up for negotiation. Maybe you can provide, if you're in marketing and you're going to sponsor an event, you can do some marketing services. You can add value in different ways and not necessarily have to. And that's where you have to be resourceful, especially at the beginning as a business owner. Otherwise, you're going to spend money on the wrong things. Amen. All right. So a lot of businesses also, you know, when they start out, there's startup costs, right? If you're in e-commerce, you have to buy inventory. If you're in you know, if you're starting a retail store or a grocery store, there's a bunch of upfront money you have to spend to get that store stocked. And so, again, it kind of comes back to funding. If you don't have enough finance and capital, then you don't stay in business long enough before you actually turn a profit. Now, hopefully, you can get into a business that you can start where you can actually generate a profit from day one very quickly, right? And, and that's kind of what we focused on is, you know, let's generate a profit from day one because we know we can spend this amount of money or we can just get strategic, have strategic partners that send us business, pay them a referral fee. Now, instead of us going and spending $5,000 on Facebook ads and hoping it turns into a deal that makes us 5000 well, we can go build a relationship with someone, not have any money out of pocket, get that deal in, make money, pay them a referral fee and know we're profitable from day one. And I think that's where a lot of business owners also get in trouble is they spend a fortune on marketing before they actually can do it profitably. Yeah, it, 
you see that a lot. You know what else I see that's kind of funny with, with brand new businesses, like day one businesses that go out and just open the floodgates, maxing out credit cards, yeah. this and that, and like, oh, it's a write-off. Oh, it's a write-off. Well, yeah. guess what? A write-off isn't free money. It doesn't mean that that laptop was free because it's a write-off. Yeah, maybe you get a little bit of a tax break, but a write-off is not a free item. <laughs> like, talk to your tax professional and learn what that write-off is actually doing for you. Maybe it means you're getting that laptop at a 30% discount all said and done, but it's not like you're just getting all these items for free because, oh, it's a write-off. That's a very common phrase that is just thrown out there. Oh, and it's I think a write-off. Very now misunderstood. I can feel good about it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I had a mentor, and he literally would walk around and say, okay, here, uh, give me a dollar and I'll give you a quarter. That's a write-off. Give me a dollar, <laughs> I'll give you a quarter. So he would just go around the room, and everybody would give him a dollar, he'd give him a quarter. That's a write-off, guys. So, yeah, it's cool You know, if it's really generating an income for you and helping you build a business. But if you're just thinking, oh, it's a write-off, you're getting a quarter back for a dollar spent. So. Exactly. There's yeah. some unique situations where it's like spending X amount gets you down to a different tax bracket. That's when it can really make sense. But talk to a tax professional about that and understand the write-offs. It is, like you said, a dollar for a quarter. All right, so to kind of cap this uh, subject up, the mastery topic of why most business owners aren't profitable, things you can do to be profitable as a business owner in 2023, number one, only spend money that makes you money. I mean, it, that, it seems like that's common sense, but a lot of us make that mistake. And if you're spending money and you don't know if it's going to make you money, you better really think hard and, and do a lot of research to make sure it's uh, going to make sense. For example, sometimes you do sponsor an event or you, you know, put some ad on a billboard or a newspaper, some, some old school type thing where you can't really track if it's actually winning. That's where you can flush money very quickly. Or you are, you're investing in R&D for a product that you may launch in a year and you never actually launch it. That's another place. So what are, where do you think the best places are, the safest places you are to spend money as a business owner and get that money back? Yeah, I, I mean, I think finding ways to create more strategic partnerships and more rev Amen. share opportunities. Yeah. And you know, like, like you said, don't spend that money on a flight to go out there and potentially meet someone. Like, Know exactly what you're spending. that, Or if you're going to get on that flight, know exactly where you're going and who you're meeting beforehand. Um, just It's just a matter of not being reckless and doing your homework beforehand. But like you said, strategic partnerships, I think, are key. They really are. And it just, it always hits me hard uh, whenever I hear about, think about the Dream 100 concept. And we've taught this in challenges and in trainings uh, across the country, but it's such a powerful concept. Instead of going out and spending a fortune to find your, your, your client, your dream client that you want to work with, if you put a, a list of 100 strategic partners who already have your dream client, now how can I connect up with them? How can I add value to what they're doing? And, and in, you know, encourage them to want to work with me, that's how you can really ex exponentially grow a business. And uh, as an example, that's, I mean, 95% of our business is strategic partners yeah. from those Dream 100 lists. Or you look at a ClickFunnels with Russell Brunson. The majority of his business at the very beginning came from doing strategic partner joint ventures where he would uh, pitch ClickFunnels to somebody's list or someone's audience or community because it was going to help them, you know, help that uh, community owner, whether it was a business coach consultant, a Tony Robbins. These clients were going to be more successful with their business with ClickFunnels. And so that's where you can really add value and, and then you benefit them. If you think someone's just going to let you work with their customer list and audience without compensating them, you're sorely mistaken. You're foolish. You need to pay them an affiliate fee. And one of the quickest ways to build any business, I feel, is building an affiliate membership program with your business. Yeah, 100% agree. That, that's been an absolute game changer for us was that affiliate and, and partner program. And then finding a way to not just have the program where they can send referrals, but giving your partners full visibility of what you're actually doing, I think was. You know what? I think you need to share the story of when we were in the airport on our way headed to Dallas. This is a great story about landing one of our first really big strategic partners here at Seven Figures Funding and just help people understand like it's not a, it's not a one-step deal. It doesn't just happen one time. Like it, it takes some effort to actually make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and being willing to put yourself out there. So 
We're just getting started. We understand that strategic partnerships are huge. We need to find referral sources. My background was in e-commerce, and I have worked for this individual years back. And I had called him, texted him, emailed him probably a dozen times saying, hey, I do funding now. I, I think I'd be a great fit for your clients. I understand your model. Let me help them. Ah, uh, no, funding doesn't work. We don't really need that, blah, 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 blah. Whatever reason, whatever excuse he could ever put out there, I was getting it. But I kept being persis- persistent and messaging him and finally left, hey, you know, every time I would message him, if you, if you change your mind, if you need me at an event, let me know. I'm happy to be there. So Leo and I are at the airport heading to go to, we were going to Dallas for an event with uh, um, a big, what were they doing? Home inspectors. Home inspectors. And, and Rudy was yeah. there. So it was a really yeah. cool event. But our flight's boarding. Like they're literally calling, hey, so flight so-and-so, it's time to board. And I'm getting a phone call from this individual that I've been trying to work with for the longest time. And so I'm like, Leo, hang on, hang on a minute. I got to take this. I answer the call in the middle of the airport. And he says, hey, you know what? I want to give this a go. My entire community is going on a cruise next week. Um, book your cruise, get your cruise ticket, get your flights. I want you there. You're going to speak on stage for 30 minutes. And it's a week-long cruise. And so literally the second Leo and I get on the flight, I'm like, Leo, we've got to get internet. We jump on, we buy that go-go in-flight, whatever. We get oh, the yeah. internet. We book the cruise. We book the flights a week later. Um, I'm on that cruise. I have my shot. I give that spiel, that 30-minute session. And what did we do? Well over, I, I mean, in funded, we, we did well, well it was, over. It's over a million dollars for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, easily in that event. And then overall, not just that event, but we continued to go to at least 30 different events of his, and I'd say did well over $50 million in, oh, yeah. in funding. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of small business owners got financing to launch an e-commerce business. And so that's the thing. It took him 12 times to reach out, call, text, email, and it's all of those, right? It's all of those. So you're front and center, and you're constantly delivering value and, and showing what's in it for them, right? When you're building that strategic partnership What's in it for them is one of the key components of it, and that's why it works so well. And uh, four years, four years later, it, you know, it's been one strategic partner after another that has built our business to eight figures, and that's how anybody can do it. And you don't have to risk and spend, you know, tons of money on marketing. The marketing money you should spend should be to bring in more of those strategic partners so that you're really winning big at the end of the day. All right, we got our family topic here, which is why every entrepreneur needs a supportive spouse to succeed. Let's see, where did uh, this article come from? Oh, this is uh, Coracle Marketing. No idea. Oh, it's kind of like a, a blog thing, but it was, uh, it was an interesting article. And so he, this guy basically said, these are five reasons why I succeeded as an entrepreneur, and all five of them have to do with with my wife's spouse, partner, etc. And you know, whoever it is, your husband, your, your wife's spouse, partner, whoever it is that's there, if they're not supportive, that's going to make it very tough for you to succeed as a business owner. So some of the reasons he listed are, number one, when you're in the middle of building a business, it can be very all-encompassing and a lot of times we're doing it to create a better life for our family, but there's going to be a period of time where you're going to live a bal- a, an unbalanced life, right? You're going to have to put more time in, maybe some evenings, maybe some weekends, and work really hard. And if your spouse is not there to support you and is like upset that you're not spending enough time with, with him or her, then that can create issues. And so as I think back to when we started, like I remember I was working 9 to 9 Monday through Saturday You were working 40 hours here and 40 hours on another job. And we did that for a little bit over a year to get the business going. And if you don't have a supportive spouse, that's almost impossible, I think. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I don't know. It it wouldn't work. There's no way it would work. Like during that time, from the time I went on that cruise and landed that partner we just talked about, Literally the week after we get home from the cruise, he needs me in New York. We're in Utah. Oh my word! He needs that's me in New right. York. The next week it was Chicago. And the next week it was Detroit. And so, yes, working forty hours, nine to five. Oh not even gosh. nine to five. No, nine it was to exhausting. Seven, nine to eight, Monday to Friday, getting on a flight, going to the East Coast, and wow. then working Saturday, Sunday at this event, getting home late Sunday night, saying, "Hey, babe." It's good to see you, and then going back to work Monday at nine a.m. <laughs> to work Monday morning. It, it went that way for. Almost a year. It was a year. 
and <sighs> it was almost like COVID safe. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it was, it was really, I would imagine that was really hard on my spouse, but she uh, understood hard, yeah. that it was probably even harder on, on me and what I was going through and just believed enough in us and what we were doing. And as I came home, it was, Hey, how was it? What can I do for you? I, I really appreciate all your hard work. You're a badass. I'll see you in the morning type of thing. And so I, I, I wouldn't have made it without that encouragement. No, unbelievable. And, and for my wife, incredibly challenging because we had five kids and, and I need to be a dad and I need to coach football and do these things. And I still was able to find time to do a lot of those things. But yeah, that for those first two years was a big sacrifice, not only for her, but also for the kids, but especially for her because she's taking care of the five kids. And I had to go to some of those events too. And so we're working almost every single day practically. And and so when you go through that and then you can find time, then that's where you've got to plan vacations. You've got to plan some time off to really make it worth it. And and then you've got to create the results. You've got to create the better life for your family. When they start to see the results, and especially I love it uh, how my kids have been able to see it. They've been able to see me, you know, fail and then succeed and the hard work that it took, and sometimes that's one of the most important ways uh, to teach your kids. But there's no no way you can make it work. The other thing this article says is uh, she's very good, or he's very good at listening to my problems as a business owner and my struggles, all oh, this employer, this client, or whatever they are. So they're good at that. And then frugal. And I think that that's been huge because when we when we did start, I mean, I, I, had, I had to bring like a hundred grand in debt from the previous business. You went from making a ton of money to losing money for a little bit in between as we started this, and so it was super helpful if your spouse is not out there wasting money and trying to keep up with the Joneses when you're trying to build a business and you've got to be frugal. Yeah, no, that that's something I think your wife's done a little bit better than than mine at, but. Uh, um, it, it is a very, very important piece. And I think it's super important as a business owner that you're sharing the vision and the direction and how you are actually doing because oh, yeah. e- even now it's like we'll go out to eat with our, our spouses and it's like only get water. It's like, no, we can we can afford to get a drink now if you want to get a drink <laughs> now. It's, it's okay, honey. But uh, I, I, I mean that is a very, very important piece early on in the company, being willing to sacrifice now because – there's enough of a belief that it's going to be something bigger later. Yeah, no question about it. And and so your, your spouse is supporting you. They are celebrating with you. And then I think this was an interesting one and honestly one that I don't always you know, subscribe to personally. So I, I just can't uh, get my mind around it, but it's true. And it's that reminding you, your spouse is reminding you that your worth is not 100% connected and based on your business's success, that you're incredibly valuable. You're making a difference. You're trying to serve others at the highest level and success and failure in your business doesn't always translate into your self-worth. But a lot of times as business owners, that's kind of how we see it. And it's nice for your spouse to be able to sit back and remind you that, no, there's there's also more important things even than your business going on here. And you bring more value than just your business. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important concept in general. Even if you're not a business owner, you just work oh, yeah. a nine-to-five. Like That's something that that support and that confidence needs to be instilled on your spouse no matter what. Like that's, You are each other's greatest support systems, and that constant reminder is imperative for happiness in life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, uh, I've been following, uh, you know, uh, kind of an online uh, mentor here. I've, I've seen him at uh, ClickFunnels, uh, Alex Ramosi, and he shared this story, and it was kind of, kind of awesome because I kind of went through the same thing where he literally, after five years, he'd sold these businesses, he'd made money, and he invested in a new business, and he brought this girl on who would later become his wife, and everything is failing. He's having to refund all this money. So it's like everything he built for five years has been wiped clean. And he's like looking at her saying, yeah, I would probably leave me if I were you. <laughs> and he's literally ready to like give up. And she just looks at him and says, no, I believe in you. you you've got this. We've built something. You've built something here. We're going to take it. And she went out there and she got the sales and they and literally a month later, their business was making $100,000 in net profit each month. And now they've built like a $100 million empire together. And I think of the same thing when, when you know, I left our, our, our previous company that we were building. We, we started over. 
And, uh, you know, I'm looking at Jill and, oh, honey, I don't know if we're going to be able to make the mortgage payment this month because we got to put the money towards the business. And there was just this belief and confidence that she gave me to be able to move forward and, and within a few months, you know, be back on our feet. You know, we, we get into an office, we're hiring employees, we're helping people. And honestly, literally within, within six months, we, I was, we were doing way better than we were before the previous one. And that's how powerful it can be to have that support. And if you don't have it, you're not going to win. Yeah. And that, and that's a sit down that needs to occur well before you start the business. It, yeah. it, it, it has to be understood. There has to be that mutual belief. And it, it's just so hard to run a successful business without the support of your, your biggest support system. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my other mentors, uh, you know, Bob Millerberg, same thing. He's like, Hey, when I started, she was there and she supported and made everything happen, took care of the family. And yeah, he's, he's built a hundred million dollar business too and said he wouldn't have been able to do anything without it. So, all right, guys, let's go into our sports segment here. We got to championship Sunday, one of the best Sundays of the year. It is AFC NFC championships. We got our final four teams and I don't know, Ty, if there's ever been a uh, final four in the NFL championship games of more even teams than we've seen now. What are you seeing with betting lines, and what are you thinking for this weekend? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. Usually every year at least one sleeper sneaks in, and it's like you know they don't really belong there, but they got hot and they made it through. This year the four best teams took care of business, and the four best that teams made did. it. Um, that being said, to show how close it is, Chiefs Bengals, there is no spread. It's oh, a wow. straight up pick 'em game. Pick your winner. Um, that oh, that one's hard. The the Chiefs it are is. at home. It's, it's at Kansas City, and uh, my, uh, Jonas was just telling me. Uh, of course, he's a Patty Mahomes fan, dude. Dad, have you heard what the Bengals fans are are calling uh, Arrowhead Stadium? They're calling it Burrowhead Stadium because Joe Burrows owns Burrow, er, Arrowhead. And, yeah, he's he sure has. He's beat uh, Patrick Mahomes the last three times they've faced each other. And the Bengals kind of seem to have the Chiefs number. You've got uh, Patrick Mahomes with a, a terrible right foot ankle injury. And, and you and I both know as, as quarterbacks, when you're stepping back and you're right-handed, you need that base ankle to work. And that makes it awfully difficult to make accurate throws when you don't have that right foot right. Well, that and Pat Mahomes, he's, he may not, he's not considered a running quarterback. He's not going to go rush for 50 to 100 yards a game, but he's an elusive quarterback, and he moves in that pocket, and he, he finds little gaps in the pocket to throw, to get out and, and create a pass. Like He's a very, very mobile quarterback, and I'm scared that mobility is going to be extremely limited. Yeah. And for that reason, on top of the Bengals have three wide receivers – that would be wide receiver one on a lot of NFL teams out there right now. The Chiefs do not have the secondary to to slow them down. I I don't see the Chiefs being able to stop the Bengals no. for that reason. I'm I'm thinking Bengals are going to win by, you know, it's not going to be a huge huge landslide victory, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bengals put up thirty points. And I don't see the Chiefs putting up thirty points on the Bengals with a banged up Pat Mahomes. If I'm uh, you know guessing score, I'm thinking it's a thirty to twenty. When convincingly Bengals have control of the game and the Chiefs are just Patty, even though he can't run, is scrambling around. He's having to throw the ball quickly. Cincinnati ran the ball really well, and you've got Kansas City secondary has a bunch of rookies in it. Yeah, like literally, they've got and they're real talented. But you're going up against Joe Burrow and a machine, and they played really well in the snow last weekend. I don't think there's any snow on tap, which means they're going to be even more dangerous this weekend and yeah I, I just see Cincinnati definitely moving on there so I guess we're both in agreement yeah. Cincinnati is going to move on from the Chiefs and uh, if I were a betting man I'd put money on them you know why I love that too the second uh Joe Burrow hit the NFL I decided I went all out on this guy and I got a couple uh oh, gem mint 10 rookie cards that I put in that like they're graded so they're yeah. obviously in the hard plastic I was like you know what if I had these for Tom Brady, I'm worth a lot of money right now. Oh yeah, I foresee Joe Burrow being the next Tom Brady, so I got myself a handful of those gem mint ten rookie cards. And well, you called it. I mean, he reminds a lot of people. He reminds them of a Joe Montana, a Tom Brady, except he's he's more talented than both. <laughs> yeah, 
because he has elite arm talent and he's already just able to you know, read the defense, find the single coverage, know where he should go with the ball. And last week, you know what else surprised me? He moved around really, really well last week. Yeah. I, I think what's so unique about Joe Burrow is, is we finally found someone that has the same mental fortitude as those two guys you just yeah. mentioned, mentioned, but he has even more of a skill set, and that's what makes him. He does. So scary. Did you see the part where they were interviewing him? Like, oh, Joe, what do you think your window for winning a championship is? And just no hesitation. Oh, it's going to be my whole career. <laughs> yeah. I love that he was calling for the refunds on the neutral sites, too. <laughs> he, I just like that guy. He's, His coach is pretty cool, too, Zach Taylor. I mean, they were they knew people were picking Buffalo to beat them. They knew people were expecting Buffalo and Kansas to be at the neutral site Atlanta AFC Championship game, which is never going to happen, and 50,000 people now need refunds. I mean, they were calling that out, you know, uh, after that game when they just demolished, just ate the Bills alive. I did – I thought the Bills would show up and, and play better at home with the, everything going on in their season, but they sure did not. They did sure not. And what's crazy is the Bills, they're kind of crumbling. They are. I I don't even see them coming back to the same no. spot at all next year. I, I was talking to a friend about this. They honestly, not just for, as a Bills hater, they should probably do a little mini rebuild. They're gonna while they still too. have Josh Allen yeah. under contract, like, you should probably do a one- to two-year rebuild and try and make another Super Bowl run in three or yep. four years. Yep, I agree. They're missing some pieces there. And, boy, you have to be disappointed with their offensive line and their defensive line. Yeah, they've got some guys that are about to get paid. Stephon Diggs apparently wants out. Poyer's apparently yep. heading to Miami. Like, it's it's a messy wow. situation. That's unfortunate. All right, well, we got uh, Eagles 49ers, the NFC Championship here. So this one's uh, going to be fun. Obviously, the Eagles dominated the Giants. And the 49ers came out and played pretty effectively uh, last week uh, themselves against the Dallas Cowboys. So what are we seeing and thinking there with the uh, Eagles 49ers? Again, probably going to be a very tight game. I know we're going to be split on this one, Leo, but uh, the NFL is all about matchups. And when you look at that defensive front, you look at the speed on the edge for the 49ers, you look at the speed in the middle and someone that's going to be spying Jalen Hurts a lot in Fred Warner. Hurts is not going to be able to run the ball on the 49ers. He is going to have to sit back, drop back, and pass. I think Jimmy Ward can shut out A.J. Brown. I think the only way the Eagles possibly win is if uh, Devontae Smith plays out of his mind and Hurts somehow has the ability to get him the ball. But for those reasons, I think the 49ers have enough weapons on offense i think their receiving core uh, they've got kittle they've got elijah mitchell's back yep. who is a fantastic running back to back up christian mccaffrey i think they Actually, have enough. mitchell i thought played really strong in that fourth quarter yeah he was running dallas over he's a really really good yeah, running back really good. and and that one two punch i just think is too much for philadelphia i, I don't see the eagles scoring more than 14, maybe 17 points, and I think the 49ers will have enough offensive weapons to, to outscore them. I, I'm taking the 49ers. They're the underdog, and I'm, I'm rolling with the 49ers, Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl. So hold on real quick. So last week we had uh, four games. We had uh, 49ers Dallas. We had uh, uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo. We had uh, the Chiefs and Jacksonville. And then we had, uh, who was the other one? Eagles-Giants. Eagles-Giants. So who, did you get all four of those? So I did in a teaser. The, okay. one I, the one that I missed on a straight up, if we were picking the winner, I did, for whatever reason, I, I think I said Dallas. I thought Dak was going to be the ah, difference maker, okay. and, and he wasn't. Yeah. But in betting, I did do a teaser, and I picked the 49ers in the teaser. Ah, so I definitely good. hit that and won some money. Yeah, I, I went uh, went three for four. I did not expect uh, the Bills to lay an egg against uh, the Bengals. And, boy, I was absolutely wrong about that. But I did pick the Chiefs, did pick the Eagles, did pick the 49ers over the Cowboys. So this week, I, I see it as a very even game. And the only edge that I'm giving the Eagles is twofold. They are at home, number one. And number two, you've got Jalen Hurts. And even though Brock Purdy has played so phenomenal, he is still a rookie. He is still, you know, and he's, he's done a great job. However, he's been at home. 
He has not been on the road. He has not had to deal with crowd noise and trying to audible and do all those things and make things happen with all that pressure and crowd noise. And the Eagles defense is definitely better than the Dallas one. So I see this coming down to the end and Philadelphia doing just enough to win by a field goal like a 23-20 type situation. That's my pick. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out uh, real soon what this looks like. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Purdy's only real road experience was that first round in Seattle, yeah. which they tend to be a very rowdy crowd base, but they knew they had no business winning that game, so it seemed kind of lackluster. But this will be a massive test. I, I mean, I dare say if the 49ers pull a win out in, in Philadelphia, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. The thing is, I really like the 49ers. And yeah. I think I think team-wise, I think, I think they've got the better. I think they've got the better overall team. Maybe I mean who knows? Who knows? But for whatever reason, I'm picking the Eagles. Regardless, this is a fun Super Bowl coming up. It it is. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So you're picking in the Super Bowl. You're seeing Bengals, 49ers. I'm seeing Bengals and Eagles. I know. I know Jonas, of course, my ten year old, saying, "Oh, Dad, it's going to be the Chiefs for sure. Chiefs, 49ers. It's going to be a repeat of like whatever it was two three years ago." So we, we will find out and see what uh, that looks like. All right, guys, we have just a, a few minutes left here before we uh, end the podcast and uh, dismiss everybody to have a wonderful weekend here. So our last and final topic segment is our mindset one. And really, we just wanted to kind of dive into, obviously, in the tech industry and a number of other industries, we've been seeing a lot of people uh, be let go, lose their jobs, which uh, is you know obviously frustrating for a lot of those people. But as a business owner, sometimes you have to make tough decisions to save a company. I remember when uh, Steve Jobs took over Apple for the second time. You know, after he started, he was successful, got kicked out of his own company, came back. They begged him to come back, and come back he did. And he was the doctor. He was cutting arms off that weren't functioning. He had to get, he had to fire a significant amount of the staff in order to save that company, and he certainly did. So wherever you're at as a business owner, like you have to make those tough choices. But for everyone, you know, you know, you're an employee out there, you're trying, maybe you're an entrepreneur. What are the common denominators you think or feel as to why people end up getting fired and losing their jobs? I would say that it comes down to one of two things, either a lack of accountability or laziness. I think those are the two major reasons why that would lead to someone getting fired. I mean, for me, if someone is busting their ass and trying and doing extra homework and really they're not performing but they're doing everything they can, that person's not getting fired. They they may be retooled and repurposed, but laziness and lack of accountability are two things that those are characteristics that you can't change as an employer. It's like the values and principles that we talk about. Like if somebody has high character, they're working hard, they're coachable, they're trying to get better, they're asking questions, what they can do, how they can contribute more to the company. Even if they started a lower, maybe a talent evaluation, that person you want to ride with because they want to get better and they'll surprise you and over time will. And then other people who maybe come in with higher talent, and this is what's so sad. And we've seen this over the last four or five years with a number of employees who come in and they're very talented and they do a great job. And at some point they become their own worst enemy and they don't follow through. They don't, they, they miss appointments. They become very entitled and they stop working hard like they did. And they're always, you know, thinking they deserve more, even though they haven't earned more. And one of the big keys is if you're part of generating income, well, what kind of a third one in there, then that's important, right? If you help to generate income or to protect income for a business, then it's very rarely rare that you're ever going to be let go. But you're absolutely right. Like if you're not showing the work ethic and you're violating the culture and the values and principles that the business stands for, you're not, I mean, at the very top of the list is do what you say you're going to do, right? Yeah. So if you're missing appointments, if you're not doing what you said you to do for the customer or client, the whole reason why you were hired in the first place, you're not communicating and taking care of uh, where the deals are coming from, the strategic partner, the, the funding partner, whoever it is in our business, then that's going to, that's going to put the whole business at risk. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it's hard. I mean, letting someone go, 
is really, really hard, especially in smaller companies where you do kind of form a relationship with every single person. But as an employer, it's, it's just imperative that you remind yourself why you're doing it, that you care more about your family and the families of these employees that are busting their ass. They are bigger than this one individual. And you have to go into it with that mindset and, you know, wish them well, wish them the best. Getting fired doesn't have to be a negative thing. Let them know why you're firing them so that they can work on that themselves. But it, it's always for the greater good. You've got to maintain that mindset. And a lot of the times, too, it's it's lying to yourself, right? The employee starts lying. Well, I do this. I do that. And you're like, well, no, actually, you, you missed all these appointments. You didn't do what you were supposed to do here. You made a commitment and said, can I do this? And we're like, okay, great, do it. And then you don't do it. It really is just a lack of follow through, which at the end of the day comes down to discipline uh, comes down to values, and, and it comes down to some of the things that are not being taught in school, in homes, in churches across this country. And so those are the things that, you know, you've got to establish as a business owner what the culture stands for, what the company stands for. And if you do that, then you have to be accountable too, right? Yeah. Like if you let so-and-so who's a friend or whatever, you know, that you're kind of friends with in the business and you let them get away with stuff, that you don't let ever, everyone else out, then that hurts the accountability too as a business owner. Oh, yeah. And and that's something you've got to do right from the get-go because yeah. if you don't do it right from the get-go and it's like, okay, well, now there's these policies. The first person gets fired. It's like you're using me to set a precedence. You've got to set those standards right from the get-go, day one, make a handbook, whatever you need to do, set those standards so that the second they start the job, they know what's expected. Non-negotiable, my friends. All right, guys. Well, that is our episode for today. Jillian's got to go jump on an important call here. Uh, doing a great job. Thanks, Jillian, for making this happen. Uh, again, guys, uh, take action to get your money right as a business owner. You can always go to myfigures.com and We've got a free 30-day trial there. It's uh, less than a dollar a day to manage your money, your profitability, and get your funding right as a business owner. All automated mindset, everything there at myfigures.com. If you're needing access to money as a business owner, sevenfiguresfunding.com. You can get a free pre-approval, no negative impact to your credit. And if you are someone who helps business owners and you want to add financing to what you do, just reach out to us uh, or you could go to sevenfiguresfunding.com and we are there to you know explain how this works and how you can join the 7,000 coaches, consultants, and trainers whose clients we serve across the country. Thanks for being with us. We will see you next week and be talking about who's going to the Super Bowl. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure Podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your debt worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.